0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind
1: opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota,
0: and it starts... welcome to the Ron Johnson show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And in today's episode, I mean, I was going to wear my Santa hat. I I, I wasn't, I couldn't decide what to do. Um, I woke up early on purpose, but not, I didn't even need an alarm. Like today is one of those days you wake up and you're like, man, it's going to be a good day. It's the NFL draft day. I wish I could do the gritty, but you can't see my feet. Check it out later. I'll probably do it on Twitter at the US Bank Stadium or something. But it's draft day. I mean, I don't I don't know if anybody is as excited as I am, other than the guys that are about to become millionaires today, instant millionaires, the minute their name is called and they, you know, put their name on that piece of paper as long as they don't get in any trouble before the season starts. Also, of course, we have the Daily 3. And then we have a special guest joining us today. That's Jordan Reed from ESPN. He's one of the top draft analysts. Uh, he's a newcomer to their group, but he's worked his way up the ranks very fast. Former college quarterback. Uh, knows a ton about the draft. Has followed it for years. And now he's gotten a big payoff at ESPN. He's going to join us in the second segment. Has some good stuff to say um, about who the Vikings are going to draft. We're going to kind of put them under the gun. Give us, give us some picks that you think the Vikings are going to do. And, I mean, he works for ESPN, so clearly he's not gonna make stuff up. Uh, the kid knows what he's talking about. He has some insider stuff, Adam Schefter, you know. And then, of course, like I said, the Daily Three, three questions, three minutes. As we bring Sam Extra in, it's draft day, Sam. I got a gift yesterday. I got home, uh, got a gift delivered by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, not gonna lie, when I left Baltimore, I was, I was, uh, I was bitter. Like you, you get fired. I got fired from the Ravens. I ended up going to the Bears, but I got fired. But the thing I realized is one, that's a totally different thing. That that's business. Um has nothing to do with the fact that they drafted me back in two thousand two. So I'm very grateful of that. Uh in the fourth round. Um now I look at guys getting drafted. Then at the time I felt snubbed. I did I wasn't happy. I was the, I think I've ninth overall receiver taken, uh, which in today's draft, that's probably second, third round. Uh our year just it was a quarterback year. We had Joey Harrington, we had David Carr. Um uh, not Derek, David. Uh, so, but the gift was, and you can go on my Instagram and see it as three Ron Johnson on Instagram. Uh, it's all of the names of the players that have played for the Ravens in the draft picks. And so it's kind of cool. So, uh, my name's on there in the middle of the field and I kind of did a zoom out. And once you, once I zoom out away from my name, every single name has made up the Baltimore Ravens field. And it's it's the field, and it has the emblem in the middle. I mean, the artist Daniel Duffy. Um, he, he's at a site called Art of Words. Ridiculous! Like the dude is good. He he literally hand wrote all of our names and turned it into the football field um, using the logo, using everything. I mean, it's 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 crazy good. So I'm going to get that uh, framed, uh, and at some point bring it in for the show, or put it up, or post it on Instagram or something. But it's it's going to be up later. It's on Instagram now, but it'll up at some point on Twitter Um, but Sam let's jump into this man you wanted to do a mock draft and you know that gift from the Ravens got me going the Vikings gave me a cooler I'm giving it away to a lucky fan today he's going to get four tickets uh, to the NFL draft party at U.S. Bank Stadium uh, courtesy of myself and locked on sports so they had to be following locked on sports Minnesota on uh, Twitter and they had to be following me and then I had to pick somebody who gave me the best answer and the best answer, honestly, was a guy that was kind of just genuine about it. He said, "Look, Derek Stingley's there. Take him. If not, drop back." And I think we all talked ourselves in the fact that Derek Stingley Jr. was gonna be like easy, like, "Oh, he's there. Let's take him. He's hurt. Nobody wants him." This kid now, they're saying he might not make it past the Houston uh, Texans. So, like, I mean, it, it. This is the thing about the draft. You never know everybody's mock draft had Derek Stingley like it was easy. Oh, Derek Stingley to the Vikings. He's hurt. Nobody wants him. Liz Franks, blah, blah. Man, this kid is not going to make it past five or seven, they're saying now. And so I did a bunch of mock drafts last night. I, I, I bullied some teams into trading with me. I put five up on, on Twitter. Um, it's it's not easy to get Derek Stingley anymore in these drafts. Um, I, I picked a guy. We'll find out later as we start our, our mock draft who I picked. I think this is a guy they, they're going to have to go in the way they're going to have to do it. So – sam how excited are you like did you wake up earlier than your kids today
1: uh no my my kids beat me every single morning (laughs) bar none i guarantee that uh i'm i'm excited to see what quasi adolfo mensa does and and more so the the three-day period i want to see how he approaches friday saturday or thursday friday saturday um what positions he values whether he values the trade up or the trade back um, and just to see how he approaches it, because I feel like with Rick Spielman, we kind of learned his patterns and it got a little bit stale by the end. I want to get some some fresh ideas, a fresh view on this thing. So I'm excited about tonight because it's fun to see where these guys land that we've talked about for months. But more so, I'm excited to see who the Vikings end up with at the end of Saturday and then to figure out where all those pieces fit. That's going to be
0: an awesome time. Well, you know, the sound, the tune is doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. That means the pick is in. So, Sam. Let's get this mock draft started. All right. So I'm going to
1: simulate the first 11 picks on the PFF mock draft simulator. I'm going to set up the Vikings pick for you at number 12. I'll give you the options. I'm going to click the button right now. Doot, doot, doot. Start draft. The picks are in. All right. So here's what's happened above the Vikings. Trevon Walker, no surprise. Aiden Mm -hmm. Hutchinson. Stingley yep. at number three to the Texans. Yep. So Stingley is got gone. It. Kayvon Thibodeau, number four. Ahmad Gardner, number five. Charles Cross, the tackle, number six. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton to the Giants, number seven. Ikem Okonwu, number eight to the Falcons. Evan Neal to the the Crimson Tide, of Val- or uh, to the Seahawks from the Crimson Tide. That's pick number nine. Number ten, Ron Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver. And Jameson mm-hmm. Williams, number 11. So that mm. leaves the Vikings at number 12 with the following options for you, Ron, to choose from. You've got George Karloftis, the edge rusher from Purdue. You've got Trent McDuffie, corner from Washington. You've got Drake London, the receiver from USC. Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa. Devin Lloyd, mm-hmm. the linebacker from Utah um shall i continue or do you think you have your choice out of those five
0: i know who i have my choice out of those guys jordan so this davis is what i want jordan do. davis is there yep this is what i want to do are you able to force a trade
1: i uh, you yes. have to force
0: I- it they're going to take it they're going to take it because i've done this one mm-hmm. so trade with the steelers okay what are we giving up or what are we going so to give up we're going to give up 12 so we're going to take their 20 they're 46 and
1: their third 50, round fi- pick. 52, their second round pick, and 84?
0: Yep. Okay. Correct. And we're going to give them 12 and our third round. So they're going to move up in the third. We're going to move up in the first, but we're going to get a second round pick. All right. And I'm, I'm going to sure offer. That.
1: If not, I'll just force
0: it. It's Trade accepted. Accept. Trade, yep, accepted. They like it. All right, it's a good trade. All right, let's so, resume. Let's resume.
1: So they, so what quarterback do you think they would have taken? I guess we'll find out. We'll find out what uh, what happens. The Steelers took Drake London. They didn't even take a quarterback. Ah, uh, the okay. Texans took George Karloftis. Ravens: Jermaine Johnson. Eagles: Devin Lloyd. Saints: Trent McDuffie, Chargers: Devonte Wyatt. Eagles: Andrew Booth Jr. Saints: Jordan Davis. Leaving the Vikings with Tyler Linderbaum, Bernard I Don't even Ryman. need you to tell me
0: who it is. I know who's there. I know who's there. Kyer Elam. Nope, Kyer Elam out of Florida, cornerback, six-two. He's young. He fits the bill. Now here's the mock. Here's the write-up because I have all the corners printed up. So I got Kyer. I got Stingley. I got Kobe Bryant. Here's the write-up on Kobe Bryant and this, or Kyer Elam, and this is why I like him his strengths he's long he's physical he's quick he can flip his hips and get out of breaks in short areas that remind that sounds like xavier rhodes like literally consistently makes plays on the ball that's better than xavier rhodes xavier Rhodes was great (laughs) but he barely could pick balls off not only does he understand leverage he does a good job of not letting receivers get across his face Why is that important? Because he's probably gonna be in some kind of zone coverage a lot if you have Patrick Peterson on the other side. He has a good recovery ability. He can beat you off the snap of the ball. He's very fast, stays in phase. Stays in phase, people just means his hips and his body are kind of aligned. He doesn't get overextended, he doesn't get crazy. Now here's his weakness, and this is easy. Sometimes gets handsy. Who do we remember that was handsy? Who did Mike Zimmer put boxing gloves on? Xavier Rhodes. Hmm handsy. Despite his frame needs to do a better job getting off wide receiver blocks. Getting off blocks is easy. That's just a man thing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna man up at some point, And the guy's gonna teach you how to get physical and get off blocks. At the end of the day, it's not the it's not the end of the world that he can't get off blocks. That's his weakness. For as physical as he is throughout the route physically in the run game is nothing is not something Elam is comfortable with yet. Yet, he's young. He's at Florida. You're having to go up against Alabama running backs who are built like four trucks. This kid is going to grow. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get better. But at 6'2", he almost has a 90 rating, draft rating from the NFL. That means he's a long-term starter. He can learn from Patrick Peterson. He led the SEC in, passes in a, a broken up passes in 2020. So you have to understand this kid is the guy. We draft him, and now from there, there's other guys left. You're gonna be able to get a Josh Pascal out of Kentucky, edge rusher, has played 252 snaps at edge. He played some snaps at linebacker. He played some snaps at five technique, three technique. So he's a move guy that in Ed Donatel's defense, and I got this from Jordan Reed, he's a guy that, that we can use. So I'm high up on that pick. So that's the pick that could be there that we just took from the Steelers in the second round. Now we can go get a Pasco in the second round, and we still have another pick in the second round as well. So with two second round picks, you just got a ton of draft capital. You'll be able to get Elam. You probably can get Kobe Bryant as another cornerback to add to your group, who's a chance to start at an 80 grade from the NFL. Um, I, I That's why I'm going with that pick. I like Kyrie Elam. I like his size. I think his, his length and his ability to play press and cover two. And cover two, man, like they said, he can stay with guys. He gets handsy, but in cover two, getting handsy is not bad early on because you do have help over the top. So that's my pick. I think that's the one. I like that Elam's got more
1: size than a lot of the corners in this first round, like Stingley, um, McCreary, um, Cam Taylor-Britt. A lot of those higher-up cornerbacks are on the shorter side, you know, 5'10", 5'11", maybe 6 feet. So Kyrie Elam, 6'2", and – I mean, let's not bury this either, Four, he has got serious right. speed. Uh, he played in the SEC. That's a good prospect right there. So with that at 20, plus adding a second, I can tell you thought about this, Ron. I know you were up late <laughs> doing these mocks on, on the simulator. I, I know what you were up to last night.
0: I did like 10 of them last night. I'm trying to like force <laughs> – I didn't force any trades. I will say that. I was just – I kept messing around with the trades because it only gives you like five attempts to try to trade, so I didn't want to screw it up. So I'm like messing around with like – capital what will teams take what are teams jumping up for uh it was kind of good to see that the sealers are looking at receiver um but th- again this is a, a freaking simulator like we don't know what these gms are thinking and what they really want but that's that in my opinion i feel like that could happen uh the the vikings could still get a good corner they can actually grab another second round pick which we've seen a ton of talent in the second round and there's a ton of talent in this draft alone in the second round where you could get uh josh pasco and then also in the second round uh uh the the center for 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 Iowa was still there when I did it one time. I got him in my draft uh in the second round and then I still got Josh Pascal in the second round as well back to back. So I took the center first and then Pascal cuz Pascal I think he's like 46. So a lot of times it drops back. So that's that's what I looked at when I did this. Um but yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh up next, we got Jordan Reed. It's going to be fun with Jordan Reed, but first, make sure you check out our daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk with Kara Levin Sports Director Reggie Wilson and Luke Edmond. Here, Reggie and Luke go back and forth about the latest Minnesota sports five days a week. Find it on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast feeds. If, if For those that don't know, didn't follow Jordan, this is a guy that, I mean, he just put out clips to kind of start. He he would do all these little breakdowns. He would he would have draft boards. He started climbing the ranks, and now George's big time. I mean, I've gotten in the car today probably four times, and I've heard Jordan's voice on the radio. Um, this year is kind of an enigma. Like I don't feel like there's one dominant position. Like quarterback doesn't seem to be getting the headlines. Um, there's not a ton of receivers getting the headlines. At first, you thought with uh, the kid from Michigan. Uh, and Hutchinson, both, you know, David Ajobo, you thought, okay, maybe that's going to be the way, but then he gets hurt. Um, What what do you make of this where there's not a clear-cut top ten where everybody kind of really knows where guys are going to be?
2: Well, that seems to be the case for this year's class, just because over the past three years, we knew who the number one pick was eventually going to be, and they were quarterbacks, whether it was Kyler in 2019, Joe Burrow in 2020, and then last year with Trevor, Quarterbacks always drive the interest in the NFL draft. And this year, we just don't really have those quarterbacks at the top this year. And I think that's what is going to make my job really interesting and fun this year just because (laughs) of the mystery of this year's draft. And I've always compared the NFL draft to Christmas. There's a new sense of hope for every fan base around the country. And with this draft, nobody knows what's going to happen. It's not just a media perspective. It's also on our end, too, as far as within the league and people of that nature talking to scouting buddies. They don't even know what's going to happen. They don't even know some of the ideas that their general manager could have going into tomorrow. So the the, the mystery really surrounding this draft has really created a lot of intrigue as far as what could happen tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and it's funny. It's kind of dual purpose for me on this question. You look at the Vikings, and I cover the Vikings, but also cover the Gophers. The Vikings are looking for a possible edge rusher. I saw you put the kid out of Kentucky in your mock draft, um, Josh. And, I mean, I watched some of the highlights and some of the clips and some of the – play. I mean, this kid is a freak. He's a freak of nature. But then there's also Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. uh, I mean, he just have to drive right up the road down to Eagan for training camp. So, um, But now, you know, some people have him ranked in, like, the top 30. Um, I don't know if he goes that high, but could you see him being a fit or an opportunity to be with the Vikings?
2: Yeah, I think so, just from a style standpoint and then what he brings to the table as far as a defensive end, I think he's exactly what they're looking for. Now, there are some things as far as some attributes and some characteristics that would be, it would go against a little bit of what Kwesi has been accustomed to as far as some of the values and then some of the philosophies he has brought been brought up under. So he's a disciple of Andrew Barry. So something that is very prevalent in the Andrew Berry philosophy is age. So whenever you're talking about some younger prospects, I think that's what Kwasi is going to target with Boyd Mafe probably being a 24-year-old rookie that will go against a little bit of what Quasey was brought up in. So whenever I'm targeting some guys for the Vikings, look for some guys that are in that 20- to 21-year-old range just because that's just what Kwasi was brought under. The Cleveland Browns have never drafted anybody that was 23 years old or older on okay. draft day. So I think that's something that he could bring over. And the biggest reason for that is just from a financial standpoint, And I'll use Justin Jefferson and Daniil Hunter for an example. Both of those guys were 20 years old when they were drafted. They're going to sign their next big contract at 24 years old, which Daniil already did. Daniil's going to get another lucrative deal probably when he turns or close to being 30 years old. So as opposed to a rookie like Boye Mafé, let's say he does get the fifth year option extended. Now you're talking about him signing his second contract at 30 years old. So just from a financial standpoint, that's why I think Kwesi is going to bring over some of those age what they're called are guardrails, or you know some of the things that he brought over so, brought over philo- philosophical from Andrew Berry. Excuse me. I think that's something that I expect quasi to do when you're targeting some of these younger draft prospects.
0: And what did you like about Josh Pascal? I think is how you, how you say his name out of Kentucky. Pascal. Pascal. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. What did you yeah, like? Yeah. So
2: about him? It, just the versatility. I mean, sometimes you'll see him playing on one technique. the Next play, he'll be a three, and then the next play, he'll be a, he'll be hit up in a four eye or a four technique. So. Just the versatility, I think that's what is going to be a, what we see accustomed to in Ed Donatel's defense mm-hmm. as far as just moving these guys all over the place. And I think he's going to move Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, and we know he's going to move around Zadarius and Daniel, Daniel Hunter all over the place. I think with Josh Paschal, there's so many different positions that he can play. The character is off of the charts, and then he's so disruptive. He's, he has very strong hands. He's very reliable as a run defender. I mean, he can stand firm at the point of attack, but he also can penetrate as a pass rusher too. So as you go down the list, he's just checking box after box after box. And I just think it would be a really good fit in this new 3-4 defense that they want to install.
0: And when you look at Kevin O'Connell in the Rams, uh, a lot of people are saying receiver, um, but I don't know if I would, personally, I don't know if I would go at 12 as a receiver. If you drop back to 20, you get you gain another pick somewhere. Um, maybe that's viable if you can trade with the Steelers. But, when you think about receiver, I like Christian Watson out of uh NDSU. And the reason is because one, he's six four, he ran a fast forty. Um, he's he's a kid, I think that they don't have that style of a guy at six four. You got Justin Jefferson and Thielen, who are, you know, they do different unique things, but this kid can take the top off, but he's also a true tall, long body receiver that can go deep. But what receiver could you see Kevin O'Connell going after?
2: So the one that I have earmarked, and I'll just go over the situation. And with the Vikings, I think it's going to be an edge rusher or a cornerback at 12. But if we're talking about worst-case scenarios, Sauce is off the board, Stingley's off the board, and then some of these edge rushers are gone, including Jermaine Johnson II. So let's mm-hmm. say that uh, one player that I do like a lot at 12, if they want to take a wide receiver, is Jamison Williams from Alabama. I think he just brings a different element to the game. And you talk about the big-body receiver, but... Outside of Justin Jefferson, the Vikings don't have that three-level threat that sure. can just bring that explosive play to the table, like where you you have a one- or two-play drive and you're off of the field. And the Vikings offense was plenty explosive last year, but I think they need to alleviate some of that pressure off of Justin Jefferson. Luckily, K.J. Osborne was able to unlock the next stage of his development, but I think he's more so a number three or number four wide receiver. But when you're talking about a potential succession plan to Adam Thielen, who is getting up there in age, and I know they restructured the contract, He's probably going to be on the team for two more years. But you don't have to rush Jameson Williams back from the ACL. You can get Thielen back into the swing of things from his injury. You can keep using Osborne. You have Amir Smith-Marset. B.C. Johnson will be back, too. So there's a situation of where you want if you want to redshirt Jameson Williams, you can. If you want to bring him back midseason, you can. But I just think he unlocks a different type of element to the, the passing game and then also the deeper portions of the field that the Vikings don't have. And then also Kevin O'Connell loves to stay in 11 personnel, those three wide receivers on the field. So I think when you're having the guard or you're having the game plan for Jamison Williams, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen, along with Irv Smith, who will be back, that's going to cause a lot of people a lot of headaches.
0: And and when you look at these quarterbacks, so the Vikings tried Kellen Mond. Um, Not sure that's going to be the answer ever, but I don't know. I'm not a quarterback, but he just looks stiff to me. He looks real robotic to me. He doesn't look completely comfortable. And maybe that was uh, Kubiak's offense that maybe he just could not understand or did not feel comfortable in. Um, Kevin O'Connell has spoken uh, not highly of him, but respectful of him, Uh, unlike Mike Zimmer. What do you (laughs) think or where could a quarterback to the Vikings possibly fall? Because I know there's Carson Strong out of Nevada. Um, His teammate, tight end Cole Turner out of Nevada, could possibly somebody – I know you – picked him possibly come to the Vikings as another tight end. I cover both of those guys on FS1, um, so I've seen them, and they are great. But what quarterback could possibly come to the Vikings?
2: Uh, I don't expect them to take one on day one or day two, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, just because they have Kellen, they signed back Sean Mayen. And then, yep. of course, Kirk is going to be QB1 as long as he is here. So I don't expect them to take one early uh, or day one or day two, but one I did, um, I think he would be a pretty good fit for them is Jack Cohn from Notre mm-hmm. Dame? he came over from Wisconsin, super smart, just a natural born leader. Very calm, cool and collected. I was able to see him out in Vegas at the East West Shrine game. And I thought he was one of the better options there along with some other guys that they could have some interest in like Brock Perry from Iowa State, uh, Skylar Thompson from Kansas State. But I thought the best of the bunch there was Jack Cone.
0: Okay, and then last one you know, corner seems like the the answer, but we're talking about secession plans. Um, Harrison Smith, another guy getting older. What safety, if they do decide, is there a safety worth it at 12?
2: It's Kyle Hamilton, without question. I, I think if he's there at 12, I think you have to take him just because he's the number four overall player for me. And then a smart approach has always been to me, if I was a GM, is to take the best player available. You can't just sit there and draft for need just because that's when you just reach on some guys. But if you're, mm-hmm. t- you're sticking to your board, you stay BPA, and you take the best player available, that's there. If Kyle Hamilton is there for you at 12, I think you have to take him. And I like Cam Bynum. I like what he was able to show in Harrison Smith's absence, with Harry getting a little bit older, too. But with Kyle Hamilton, there's so many different hats that he can wear on the defense. He can play strong safety. He can play free. He can play linebacker. You can blitz him up the middle or off of the edge. There's so many different things that you can do with him. It's not necessarily a situation of where the Vikings don't have any room at strong safety or free safety. I think they they do just because of just how versatile his skill set is as a whole.
0: Well, I want to thank Jordan Reed for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Up next, we're going to have the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Stick around.
3: This lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found...
0: And now it's time on the Ron Johnson show for the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes, Sam, take it away.
1: I don't want uh, your kind of draft high to wear off Ron. I think it'd be really sad Mm. if you you walked (laughs) out of this night feeling, feeling gloomy, but is there an, an outcome tonight for the Vikings that would leave you downtrodden? Would you be upset with any result coming out of this first round?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we're doing the show. We're doing the pregame show tonight on Fox 9, and then uh, we're going to head over and, and finish out the night on Vikings Twitter uh, in their streaming platforms, Facebook, wherever you find it. We're going to do a, a breakdown of the first round of the draft. Um, I would be completely defeated or disappointed if we don't even make a pick in the first round, whether it's uh, somebody forgot to turn the card in and we have the the old like Vikings have to miss their pick and now they're dropping back to 13 now. Um, not to say the guy they want anyway is going to get taken at 12. I, I feel like the guy they want still going to be there at 20 even. Um, but, yeah, if they somehow trade out and try to, like, mass a bunch of second and third round picks and next year's first round picks. And I get the next round because people keep bringing this up about next year's first round. They think it's going to be better and more talented, uh, more quarterback latent possibly when you look at Alabama's quarterback and a couple other guys in this uh, college class, uh, running backs as well in this college class for next year. Um guys like mo ibrahim and all that kind of stuff but yeah i'd be defeated if they did not pick in the first round like they traded out of the first round because they had an attitude of oh the guy we wanted he went too high which was stingley jr um you know uh, hamilton went high because again everybody's like hamilton's gonna be there 12 he's possibly going in the top 10 so if any of those guys fall to 12 like justin jefferson fell to 22 you take it but yeah i'd be i'd be a little bit down if they somehow trade out. of So there's not a lot they can get me down uh, besides they trade out of the first round. Or if they do some weird thing and pick, like, a kicker or a punter in the first round, uh, a la Janikowski. I don't think there's a guy out there like that right now. Um, I know the Vikings fans would love a perfect Janikowski-type kicker or or a a Matt Stover or a, a, a Vinatieri. You know, I know they want that kind of guy, but there's nobody out there right now in the first round worth it. So, in that aspect of the draft, I definitely be disappointed they took a kicker or punter. But other than that, you know, I'm I'm excited about this. I've been waiting on this. Uh, It's a lot of work to do this weekend. We're working all the way up to Sunday night. I think our last show Sunday night is at 10:30 p.m. Uh, So it's gonna be a long weekend. I already got my Starbucks gift card, so I'm looking forward to that and my Caribou gift card. Um, I'm an equal opportunity nil spinner um so looking forward to going to starbucks and caribou to keep me energized but other than that man like it's i'm I, I wouldn't be disappointed in anything else whoever they draft i think you know defensive line if it's george davis if they can get stingley if they can get kair elam uh, i think the way this team already has the pieces in place it's just like that piece of that puzzle piece you're looking around the house for it, it doesn't really matter because the puzzle's done but it will help complete the puzzle
1: So we just did a simulation where we got through 20 picks and there were not any quarterbacks taken. I don't know if that's how it really plays out, but the over under the official over under on quarterbacks in the first round 2.5. So if you were placing a bet down, Ron, are you going over Mm -hmm. or under that number?
0: Oh, that's tough. See, because the problem is once one comes off, then it's a domino effect. And then other, other guys scramble. Um, I'm gonna go over I'm gonna say three I think three quarterbacks in the first round is a is a safe bet um you look at Pickett, you look at uh willis uh i I get, Sam howe I guess but he's more of a runner than a passer so man I just talked myself back into two like it, it's it is a it is a tough one because when you're looking at these guys and i and I printed it out for quarterbacks of course, they're at the back because I don't need a quarterback at all. But you got Malik Willis, you got Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. That's the one I was thinking of. Matt Corral or the, the old Miss. Um, You know what? I'm going to go with the under, actually. I just talked myself out of it. I'm going under. I'm going to go two. I think two to one. Kenny Pickett, Willis, I think, are the only two kind of first-round locks. Matt Carrell, uh Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, definitely second-round picks. The only way they end up in the first, again, like I said, if somebody panics. If somebody picks a guy and panics – um, but in my mocks, I took Carson Strong in one. I took Jack Cone in one, but they told me that was a terrible pick. They can go, go three-round Johnson on Twitter. You can look at all five of my mock drafts from last night. They told me Jack Cone's an F. Don't pick him in the sixth, seventh round. Um, so I'm I'm going back to my Carson Strong. I was able to get him in the fifth round, I think, one time. Uh, and then I also got his, his teammate, Cole Turner, as tight end, and they gave me a B for that one. So um, – I think that it's two now. I'm going to go two because of all the other athletes in this draft. You look at Edge. You look at DN. uh, Like you said, Thibodeau all of a sudden is jumping up there now as one of the top picks. Um, You look at, you know, Booth Jr., uh, who possibly can jump in the first round now. You you got Trent McDuffie who probably can jump in the first round uh, where, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau was six. Now they have him going second to the Lions. I mean (laughs) – it's, it's crazy. Evan Neal was second. Now they have him dropping down to the Seahawks. I mean, it, you just really don't know where it's going to go. Aiden Hutchinson was the overall one lock. Um, it, so who knows if that's going to be it. I mean, it's so Derek Stingley now, like I said, is a top five. Ahmad Gardner still a top three. Uh, Kyle Hamilton still up there. Garrett Wilson is in the top ten. Uh, Tyler Lindemann from Iowa. Like I said, I was able to get him. No, actually, he was my first-round pick at 21 times. So I got him at 20. I think you did say he was there when I could have just mm-hmm. picked. Um, but I did not pick him in that one because I really wanted a corner. But I did on one of my mocks, I did take Tyler Linderbaum because he was still there at 20. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that, honestly, because we talked about Bradbury and them not extending his fifth-year option. You get Linderbaum, you can put him at center. He's young again, so in the second you know, in the second contract, he's small, though, under 300 pounds. But in the zone read, we saw that with Kubiak. You don't need large offensive linemen for this.
1: Yeah, he's supposed to be one of the the most sure thing center prospects in years. I think that the the quarterback bet comes down to pick 32. I think it comes down to Detroit with a 32nd pick because they're one of those teams that could easily go QB. (laughs) Probably not with number two, but with number 32, I could see that uh, tipping the over uh, versus the under. One more draft question for you here. There are two Minnesota native Edge rushers. Yep. It's pr- pretty rare. And they both could go in the first round. Jermaine Johnson played for Eden Prairie and Boye Mafe from Hopkins. Uh, would you like either one of those prospects in purple?
0: Uh yeah, and I printed out I printed out the stuff about Boye Mathe. Um, yes, I would take Boye Mafe. Here's the thing though about Boye Mafe. He reminds me of what's his name? Uh shoot, what's the guy's name? Terrell Suggs. He reminds me of Terrell Suggs, uh, undersized though. So in this 3-4 defense, he's a good outside edge rusher. If Jermaine Johnson's there at 12, yeah, you take him. You take him in his defense. Uh, reason being, Daniil Hunter can play the five. He doesn't always have to play the outside edge rush. He can play the five. Jermaine Johnson as well can play the five. So in a 3-4, you only need one linebacker on the edge, which is Darius. Uh, You can move Daniel down in more of a five and not a standing up lineman. He can stand up as a backer sometimes outside, but he also can put his hand in the ground and be a five technique because he is big enough and strong enough, as well as Jermaine Johnson will be too. So I think it gives Ed Donatel just the ability to move guys around. I mean, we talked about depth. You know, when when the Vikings were good, they had six to seven legit D linemen that they can get in and out of there and switch up. Um, that's what they have to get back to. They have to get back to the legit big guys. They have to get back to the legit group of guys where they can switch guys in and out. Where when one guy is tired or gets hurt, we're not like, oh my goodness, season's over. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm not opposed to either of those two coming to the Vikings. Uh, Jermaine John's there at 12. Take him. If Boy is there in the second round, like I said, if you make that trade and you get that second, second round pick or and, and Boy is there in the third, you for sure take him. Uh, but they're saying he's a second round pick right now. So if he's there, I take him as well.
1: I think Mafe is an awesome prospect. Super, super athletic, good size. He's still pretty young. Jermaine Johnson makes me a little more nervous because he was kind of a one-hit wonder at Florida State. Mm-hmm. He didn't do really anything in Georgia. Um, kind of needed until like his age 22, 23 season to really break through. He's on the older side. Mm-hmm. Makes me a little nervous, but he's crazy athletic as well. Maybe a little more ready to just step in and have an immediate role. Um, and it's, it's cool that he's local. I mean, Minnesota produces an occasional lineman, you know, like uh, a Frank Rag now. Um, mm-hmm. But not many edge rushers come from Minnesota. And there's two of them that are going to be taken on these first two days. That's pretty wild.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, and that's the thing about. You know, again, with a local kid like Jermaine Johnson, I know when Frank now got drafted, everybody was trying to go out to Chan and be at his house when the Lions were going to pick him. Um, I know him and his sister, so I see them both at Lifetime Fitness all the time working out. Um, so I, you know, I was there that whole week watching him. He came in there and shot basketball with us for a little bit. Um, actually, not a bad athlete for a lineman. Like you know, he can move with a basketball in his hand, so he is a guy. Um, that was athletic. But, yeah, Jermaine Johnson, same thing. It, it's always good to get local kids. I think it helps overall the state of Minnesota. And, boy, Mafe for sure helps the Gophers. I'm wearing my Roll Boat shirt today in honor of those kids getting drafted from Minnesota. You got Boy Mafe. You also have the gigantic Fa <laughs> Daniel Fa is going to get drafted as well today. So, you know, good luck to those guys. I remember my experience. It was a fun one.
1: All right, quick bonus question. What do you think about Las Vegas as the site of the draft?
0: I watched a lot of tweets this morning of people saying uh, either they woke up and they're ready for the draft or they still see people that have not gone to sleep. And so that's what I – I think it's fun. It, it's it's definitely fun. I'm glad we have not heard anybody, like, passed out on the strip drunk, you know, nobody getting injured, no fights. Uh, I think it's a fun location. I think it's well worth it today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, mainly – today tomorrow so because people most people that like go there are not going for the draft today they're going for the party tonight and then the friday night party and the saturday night parties so it's going to be absolutely bonkers there at one point this weekend friday saturday i'm pretty sure at the pools and all that stuff as guys are getting drafted because all the sports books and the outdoor pools are going to have the the draft on the big screen uh so i like it but i just hope people stay safe uh because you know that person passed out at the slot machine You know, and they forget, oh, I got to be on TV in in two hours. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the disheveled um, conversations of people, you know, talking about their night, not today, but tomorrow. Because that Thursday after the draft, you got all night to party. There's going to be a ton of sponsored parties there tonight, tons of draft picks that are showing up tonight that are going to have their draft parties. Friday when you see those reporters and people on TV that's going to be the true story of what happened on Thursday night cuz what happens in Vegas stays on Vegas unless you put it on TV and then we all get to see the crap <laughs> storm that happened in Vegas but no I like it
1: Yeah I uh I I I think it's funny because there's so much betting on the draft now, right? So in Vegas, obviously, people are going to be wagering on the draft. So are we going to hear groans from the crowd as Goodell announces the picks, people who lost their bets? That just introduces a whole new dynamic.
0: Yeah, the first pick is definitely, you know, I think the first five you can prop bet, but the first pick for sure is a prop, you know, and just like you said, the two and a half quarterbacks. So people are waiting to 32, praying with their ticket in their hand, like please draft the quarterback lions, please just do it for my money. Um, or opposite, people that bet the under. They're sitting there. So I don't think if you see groans, I think you'll see some people cheering regardless, and some people groaning, because there are gonna be people that everybody's gonna bet weird stuff just to try to. I saw a guy that just bet five cents on a parlay the parlay was that the bulls milwaukee game have to finish 116 to 100 not the total points this dude bet the exact amount 100 to 116 he bet the right score with the right team winning and then he bet that giannis that was the parlay giannis would have the first bucket dude won 18 grand off five cents he turned a nickel trying to i think i think that was a song by jay-z or somebody like trying to turn a nickel into 15 bucks this dude turned into 18 grand or trying to make a nickel out of 15 but yeah who who, that was a song somebody's gonna find that tweet that out when you find that song but he turned a nickel into 18 grand with a parlay so i'm looking forward to some of these parlays from the draft um that people are gonna try to make why not five cents you get lucky you win Great. Somebody said that was a Back to the Future bet. I believe it because I watched Back to the Future yesterday. It was randomly on TNT before the basketball game started. And I truly believe that that was somebody with Michael J. Fox and the DeLorean, and they made a good bet. But I want to thank you guys for joining us today on the Ron Johnson Show. Jordan Reed, of course, has some great stuff. You have to go back and watch that if you have not caught his draft analyst because I think he's right. I think some of his picks are going to be right for the Vikings. Uh, I want to thank Sam Ekstrom for joining me today. Of course, always doing a great job. Please subscribe on YouTube to the Locked On Minnesota Sports Group and the Ron Johnson Show. And you can also download, listen, take us wherever you want, wherever you get your podcast. Have a great day.